episode of Squad Up, a podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and joining me on the show today, spouting nonsense and babble, it's the man, the myth, the legend, it's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Okay, we can do a reshow. I'm doing well. No, no, no. Leave it part. Leave no, it a part of the episode. Part of the show now. It's fine. <laughs> People laugh on podcasts. Get the hell out of here. I'm allowed to laugh here. Usually, the people need to know why they're laughing. They're not. They no. They don't. Me, leave it ambiguous. They'll never know. They'll if never you wanted know. to know, you could show up to Twitch.tv/abcdeduardo, oh, and man, then you would know what we're laughing shade. about. <laughs> it went straight from <laughs> laughing to shade. I'm doing well. How are you? Fan freaking tastic! Woo! That's all I got. I'm just crying over here. I've spent the last 45 minutes crying of, in laughter in some way. So it's uh, been good. Also, and also joining us, the man who has been killing it with the sound production game, our own sound lord, Chris. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Living the dream. Welcome back to the show. Thank you You're for like, having um, me. I think you're our first like recurring character. Like, what's a good like recurring character on character. a TV show? Oh, like, um, like pretty much so, every character on The Simpsons that's not named Simpson. Correct. So you oh, basically yeah. pick any one of them. Oh. You're, you're them. You're Ralph. You're Ralph Wiggum. You're our very own Ralph. <laughs> I'm Wiggum. in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Squad up's very own Ralph Wiggum is here, everyone. <laughs> Ralph the Sound Lord Wiggum. He's la- last week on the Sound Lord. Now I'm Ralph Wiggum. That is quite Ralph the Wiggum the Devil. <laughs> <laughs> you guys unfortunately weren't here while we were getting ready to set up the show, but we had a slight uh, technical malfunction with Sound Lord's audio, where he was coming in like three octaves lower than he was like he regularly talks. So it sounded like we were talking to Lucifer himself, <laughs> which is partially why I was crying in laughter. <laughs> He's Jan Levinson. Levinson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with John Ralphio. That's John uh, Ralphio. Okay, good. That's a good one. John the Ralphio Karate one. Kid. I am the worst. You mean Ralph Macchio? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. John Ralphio, the Karate Kid. Everybody knows. <laughs> I would watch a remake of The Karate Kid starring Ben Schwartz. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. There's so many tears. There's just tears everywhere. I'm like picturing John Raffio in The Karate Kid role, and it's fantastic. Oh my god. Technically, I'm homeless. You're welcome. Oh man! Oh, oh, wow. I don't think, guys. I think, I think we've we already just... set a record for most tangents in a Squad Up episode, and we have barely started. I think we just peaked. I think we should just call it a day. We're doing tangents. I love Best how episode it ever. Let's do some trigonometry. Oh my goodness! Oh, All right, so now that we're actually that. Uh, here and warmed up, we're talking about video games. You know, the, the triangle the one. I'll bring it back. Ben Schwartz playing Sonic the Hedgehog in the movie. Video games. We're back. Boom. We're We're in it. 
Boom. Sonic, owned by Nintendo, Nintendo Direct, here we are. Boom, boys. Eh, we Sonic made it owned by there. Sega, but we'll, we'll let that slide. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, all we Yeah, but Sega are. partnered with Nintendo. Can we, like, they say have. that? Yeah, sure. okay. He's in, he's in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Chris Schwartz? <laughs> Waluigi time. Um, so, Nintendo Direct happened, uh, uh, what, a couple days ago, right? A couple days yeah. ago, Nintendo are Direct happened. Are we skipping happened. the whole what are we playing thing? or We're going uh, to do that in? afterwards because I'm assuming there's going to be a lot more talk about that. Okay. So uh, Just just throw us for a loop, Eduardo. Yeah. Hey, guys, we will get there. Don't worry. Don't worry about what we've been doing. We need Don't structure when we have freewheeling conversation. You're damn right. <laughs> uh, so the Nintendo Direct happened. All kinds of... All kinds of news that we kind of saw coming, and then a bunch of news that we were like, whoa, what is happening? I could say Super Mario Maker 2 was in the bucket of news that we probably thought was going to happen at some point, but the amount of stuff that they've added onto it is insane. And Peaches, I really want to get your opinion on this, because as our resident Kaizo streamer, this seems like a really important step for Kaizo in general, and like a really good, it's like a good thing, right? Like it, it can only be a good thing. It's kind of a weird, in the Mario community, it's kind of a weird thing because even though they seem similar, obviously they're both Mario games, like a Kaizo hack that's, and they're typically Super Mario World, but there are Super Mario Bros. 3 hacks as well out there. Mm. Um, They play very differently. Like the physics in Super Mario World Mario Maker and Super Mario World Original, if you want to give it a name like that. Classic. Like they're slightly different so like shell jumps are easier like a lot of the tricks that you have to learn you might actually like mario maker better for that reason um a lot of those tricks are slightly easier in mario maker but there's like you know as you know with mario maker different things from each game kind of spill into the other ones like you can't put a shellment on your head in super mario world but you can in super mario world mario maker so it's kind of interesting like most people that stream a lot of Mario don't have an even mix of those two things. They usually focus on hacks or they focus on Mario Maker. And there's obviously outliers there. But I still think it's really cool. Like when I was first getting into Mario and trying to get good at it, um, I could not play Mario Maker well enough to even consider streaming it because I was just a starting like little baby Kaizo man. And so (laughs) I think... Mario Maker 2 coming in and adding all this stuff that hacker, like the people that are making these hacks are already implementing, just takes it to another level where people might actually be more interested in doing both things instead of just one. Um, but it's I was saying this to you before the episode, which I think is kind of funny. Like, I almost felt like the original Mario Maker was kind of like a, hey, stop making hacks. We made this for you. Like, you can make Mario stuff now. Buy our game and do it. And people are like, yeah, that's cool. I'm also going to keep making hacks. And <laughs> it seems like with Mario Maker 2, they're like, you now have no reason to keep making hacks. Look <laughs> at all these things we're adding. You know people are still going to do it. But, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm excited for it. And and the more things I saw in that trailer and the more things that we were all talking about in our group chat, I was getting more and more and more hype. And not to like advertise for someone that's not us on this stream, but you guys, have you seen Grand Pooh Bear reacting to Super Mario Maker 2. I have. I did actually watch this. I think some, I think you retweeted it. Somebody Dude, retweeted it is it. the most genuine reaction and most excited 
like child inside of an adult reaction I have ever seen about a video uh-huh. game. Go watch him react to it. It's hilarious. But I, I felt a a fraction of that excitement and I'm still really excited. So Gator Sax also plays a lot of Mario Maker. So Oh yeah. What are you excited for, man? Um uh, first of all, what I love about it is everyone always talks about how Nintendo and we've even talked about how Nintendo always kind of does their own thing, you know, public opinion be damned, but they really proved that they listened to the fans when the very first thing they showed off was making a slope because that was like (laughs) the one thing everyone wanted in Mario maker. And I think the reason it never got added was that the engine probably was not equipped to handle slopes and it would have required a complete difference, uh, you know, a complete overhaul to do that. So the fact that the first thing they did was say, Hey, here's some, here's a slope. And then just all the little things they showed off. And at first of all, the fact that they're adding a new, a new theme, a new, uh, cause you know, they had, those of you who didn't play the original Super Mario Maker, I'm just going to give a brief. It's a build your own Mario level uh, creator. Uh, and you could do Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, and New Super Mario Brothers. And there are some differences Ooh. between them, like different power ups and all that. Well, they're adding into the um, uh, into this, in addition to those original themes, they're adding uh, Super Mario 3D World. Now, there's still going to be 2D side-scrolling levels. It's not going to be full 3D like Mario 3D World. But with that, they are adding the catsuit power-up and just some of the things that we've seen in the trailer, and we're still not 100% sure how they're going to work. Uh, yeah, I have a question for you about that, actually. Yeah? Oh. Like, the the 3D World, I never played 3D World. What is the... Is there a huge difference in physics or something between New Soup and 3D World? Well, yeah, 3D World is a full 3D game. Well, I know, but if they're yeah. if they're taking it and they're making it only two D only, are the physics that different? Um, well, because the thing is that like Mario Maker already s- sort of took some liberties with the physics, because I think they yeah. made it so that it works the same across all of them. So like a Super Mario Brothers level made in Mario Maker is not going to handle hundred percent the same as the original Super Mario Brothers. The, right. The, exactly. Like, right. Yeah, but I think it was just more an aesthetic difference okay. uh, along with the catsuit power-up. That's going to be the biggest change. Well, um, there looks like there are going to be some exclusive enemies for that skin because they added, like, the ant uh, the ant troopers or ant lions, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, the uh, piranha creepers, which are the piranha plants that you can uh, they showed off in the trailer where you can actually design a path for it and it'll actually move across in that path. And you can jump That's onto cool. the piranha plant head uh, to, you know, sort of send it back. Uh, and then the cat suit, which you can use to climb up walls. And uh, at least in Mario 3D World, you could also do a diving attack with it, where you could jump up in the air and then dive down at an angle, sort of like to bring it back to Smash Brothers. Just kind Incineroar. Of like, exactly, it's Incineroar's <laughs> upbeat. Um, Except you don't die every you time. You don't die every time you do it, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, oh, they're adding the clear pipes the uh, from Mario 3D World, which were pipes that you can see through, and you could send enemies through them. You could send coins through them. Uh, you could create branching paths with these clear pipes. Uh, they showed off in the trailer. One of the things you can do is you can shoot fireballs into the pipe, and they'll actually travel through the pipe and come out the other end of it. So you can use that to attack enemies. So I think people are gonna like when you get it out to the Mario Maker community because there are some really creative uh, levels out there. And people are always finding new and interesting ways to use the tools that you are given. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see some great puzzles. You're going to see some great uh, troll levels. You're going to see some great Kaizo levels. You're going to see some great boss fights. 
they're adding boom boom so they're going to add different uh boss enemies into this as well because in the original you only had bowser jr and bowser so i'm excited for a lot of the stuff that shows up in the kaizo hacks that you were just kind of alluding to yeah like i'm excited for switches on off switches for that's gonna be huge i'm excited for rising and falling water levels yes uh i'm excited for vertical levels Mm -hmm. um the little tornado enemy that they've added too which from the looks of it not only is that going to affect mario but looks like you can also affect enemies with it because in this piece of art that they've released you had boom boom with wings flying up out of a tornado so it looks like because uh, that was the, one of the cool things about Mario Maker. What and, a troll! Yeah, <laughs> but like you could actually combine the different tile sets together. Like there was like a wing tile, and you could attach that to pretty much any enemy, and that will change the way that the enemy acts. Or you could attach it to an item. Um, you could attach them you know, uh, to blocks. Uh, so it was always fun to see how the different things interact. You could give a uh, you could give a mushroom to an enemy to create a big version of that enemy, um, and uh, one thing that they did show off in the artwork I haven't actually seen how it works in the game, but you saw a bullet bill, but with cat ears. So it looks like you're going to be able to combine <laughs> more types of power ups with enemies this time. Um, so I think that's going to, you know, it allows you to create things that don't exist in other Mario games, uh, like. Uh, Peach has mentioned the uh, the helmets, the shelmets, where you could get either a Buzzy Beetle helmet or a Spiny helmet, where you could actually Mario would actually put this on, and you could use it to like protect your head from spikes. Or if you had a Spiny helmet on, you could actually break blocks that normally you couldn't break. So you could actually create uh, different um, different lines. Oh, Robbie just said in the chat, Boo Ring with wings in a clown car. Uh, so like you could combine these things in all these different ways and. Um, that sounds nightmarish. One of the great things about the original Mario Maker, and I mentioned this in the group chat, but is that it is one of the best post-release support uh, supported games that Nintendo has ever done. I think it got regular. Oh yeah, they're still in things there. that we didn't ever expect. Like in addition to just the thriving community of uh, level creators out there, so you had a constant supply of levels to play, even if you weren't a great creator of it. Um. Like, they released a patch where it's like, oh, by the way, um, you can now do uh, doors that are key-operated. You can now use red coins uh, that you have to collect to get a key to move on. You could uh, attach a key to a boss so that you have to beat the boss to move on in the level. So, like, they were actually paying attention to what creators were doing and what creators were trying to find these, you know, workarounds to, and Nintendo would then come out with a way to do it easier. They're like, oh, they're trying to do a mandatory boss fight, but you have to like go through all these hoops to do it. Well, let's just uh, create these keys now. Uh, they they added so many things. Like they saw a lot of people were creating like shmup type levels with the clown car, where they would give you a a fire flower and have you fly through the level. So they created, oh yeah they created a version of the clown car that could fire fireballs itself. Uh, so they were really yeah checkpoints they added checkpoints to I the levels that. because that was something that was not originally in the uh in the in the original game were, were checkpoint flags that you could add to the level so if you died you'd go so people were making these really long levels but it was really frustrating to die so they added uh halfway points so you could do i think up to two checkpoints in a level um so yeah so i think what's going to be great is that 
in addition to all these new things that they're going to give us, if the original is any indication, uh, you're going to, they're going to add, they're going to support it after release as well. And I don't see why they wouldn't, because if Mario Maker was that popular on the Wii U, which we've established, you know, seven people owned, uh, <laughs> then the Switch, which is it wildly, doubled. Yeah. And they're all, all of them have all been them on are this here podcast. here in the chat or on the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got to get Grand Pooh Bear on here. Yeah. And Barb. And Ryu, that's the that's the rest of the people. Yeah, that's right. But they um, but with the Switch has such a huge uh, user base, I think this one is going to be wildly popular. Yep. I do have concern for how levels are going to be created. I, I we don't have to talk about it for a long, long time. But like Robbie had mentioned this, and the more I thought about it, like the more I agreed with it. Like it was super easy to have a touchpad with a stylus and drag things around and drop them. And it was super quick and easy and simple. And you don't really have that stylus operator functionality with a switch. So I wonder if they're going to bring something. I saw somebody mention on, um, in a retweet, they were talking about how it would be cool. Maybe it was one of you guys. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how, if there was some like, online editor that you would have access to if you bought the game and then you could edit the level with your mouse online in this like web-based application of super mario maker 2 if you will and then you'd port the level into your game and that way you could still edit it with the switch controls if you wanted to but you could just do it a lot faster with your mouse I don't know. Yeah. They did have an SNES mouse. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Danny in the chat just said, bring back the SNES mouse. I had that for Mario Paint, which is kind of, you know, Mario Maker is sort of a spiritual successor to it in a way. They brought back a lot of the Mario Paint um, interface with the Undo Dog and the Fly Swatter game, um, Nat Attack. Um, so... Smells like Undo Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but if they, but yeah, if they brought back mouse support or something to it, I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, because while judging by the trailer, it looks like the enemy select is done with the, um, like sort of a radial design now, which looks like it is going to be pretty user-friendly. The actual building of the level might be a little bit more difficult, whereas you could just literally draw it on the Wii U screen or on the, um, uh, DS screen. If you had the DS version of Mario maker is, I, I, so I didn't play it. So is a stylus necessary in that? Because like the, the, the switch does have a capacitive touchscreen. So it is, it is there. You can use your, your finger. What is a stylus specifically necessary? It's it's not necessary. It just speeds things up a lot. Yeah. Does it? And I mean, the switch doesn't come with a stylus in house. So I guess they could sell, like they could just make a, I'm sure Nintendo will make yeah. like a little Mario Maker stylus. Like, get your Mario Maker two stylus here. It's shaped like Princess Peach. Like, I could why? be wrong because I think the Switch has a different ty- uh, kind of touch screen than the Wii U gamepad and the DS did because I think it's a multi-touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if it's like an iPhone screen where you need a special kind of stylus for it to work. You would, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, then they're going to capitalize on that for sure. That being said, <laughs> I I do trust Nintendo to make things friendly for the players because they have a really good track record of doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I, one thing about this Mario Maker is that you almost feel like they were holding back in the original Mario Maker because they're like, well, we don't want to overwhelm them. And then when they saw everyone was capable of, they're like, all right, well, let's just give them everything in this next one. Sure. 
Yeah. I mean, to be fair, have you seen some of the like super trash levels? Like, oh, one yeah. thing that's going to come with this is that people are going to be even worse at creating levels because they're going to have more options. Oh, yeah. And I you're going to be like, what were you thinking? I actually really <laughs> liked how they handled uh, in the original Mario Maker. You actually had to play like around for like a day with the tools that they gave you and then they would deliver new tools to you so that you actually got used to creating levels oh, yeah. with the limited tool set and they expanded it. It, it it was like a learning curve they didn't throw everything at you they're like okay you now that you know how to use these blocks here are some different kinds of blocks here are some different kinds of enemies and it didn't take long to unlock everything but it kept it from being overwhelming and you didn't feel like your handles being held too much sure so you know all of this so next week i'm going on vacation and I'm going to be going back to Florida to visit friends and family. Oh. Um, and I have a flight there and a flight back. And all of this talk just makes me want to go out and buy um, the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe Edition for the Switch. Yeah. And then just play that exclusively. And That's fine. you guys are really pushing me over the edge right now. Um, Listen, you got to master shell jumps before you can <laughs> move on. <laughs> Not to, to give you more money woes, but... Um... Do you have a DS or a 3DS? I do. Um, you could look for Mario Maker for the 3DS. Uh, the As far as like online support for it, it's not quite as good as the Wii U. It's harder to share levels and play um, user-created levels. But the way this one is designed, um, unlocking the tools to build levels is actually locked behind sort of an adventure mode that they created. So it's almost like a full nintendo developed mario game just that every level that they created was made with the mario maker tools so i actually got that pretty much i think to play on an airplane once because it was fun and it's like i had read a review that said it's like a new mario game and it has it has a level editor uh but there are like several i want to say it's like 70 or 80 nintendo created levels so it's worth getting just to have new nintendo created mario levels so that's something that sure. you could consider as well what he'll what he'll probably actually do is just pay for wi-fi on the flight and play like two and a half hours of tetris 99 yes <laughs> oh god tetris you 99. are not wrong that's a good segue good segue yeah. into tetris 99 which is i like am still <laughs> I'm I'm still so like I, I can't even put into words right now like my hands are on my head because I'm still so not confused confused not like surprised shocked. Uh, Listen, battle royale is the fad right now. If you can turn your game somehow into a battle royale, you're gonna make money. But how did they do that with Tetris? Like it's so it's almost and unfathomable. It works. Right, it's <laughs> that's so... that's the th- shocking thing to me. Someone's a genius. Someone, some genius who they ignored. Who's that guy in the meme? You know the meme <laughs> I talked about. The guy that gets thrown out, the gets kicked out of the window. Out of the window. That guy finally didn't get kicked out of the window, or they did kick him out of the window, and then they were like, "Actually, we shouldn't have done that," <laughs> and they made the game anyway. So I haven't played it. Peaches hasn't played it. But Chris, I know you have spent some time with it. What are your thoughts on it? Okay, so my first reaction was. Like when they said Tetris 99 and they said what it was and I had the same reaction. My brother actually texted me like pretty much the same moment. And the text just said, I can't believe they made a Tetris battle Royale. (laughs) And that was my reaction too, was they are seriously doing this. And my second reaction was it's free. I can't wait to try this out. 
And I tried out that <laughs> night and I played for like a good hour or two. And I have poured quite a bit of time into it now. I, I've come in third multiple times now. Um, that's still my peak. I got like two in a row where I came in third this morning. Um, but the fact is, it works very well. I love Tetris. I'm a, I'm a big Tetris fan. Um, I am not to like... I, I don't want to like like talk myself or anything because I'm not, by no means like a Tetris expert, but I am good at Tetris. Like if I sit down and I play a single player Tetris that has an ending, more often than not, I get to the ending. Like I, I'm consistently pretty good at Tetris. I had not really played competitive Tetris before. Oh my gosh. I didn't know there were so many amazing Tetris players out there who know how to do um like T-spins and set up combos like to send garbage to your opponents. Okay, so let me explain for the benefit of listeners who have not played. Uh, Tetris 99 is exactly what it sounds like. It's you versus 98 other people playing Tetris. And competitive Tetris rules are like if you clear out multiple lines, you send what's called garbage to your opponents where more blocks appear at the bottom of their screen to like raise you up to the top of the well. And if it overflows, you lose. Um, and if you do combos or clear your screen, you send more garbage. And in this one, you can either, you can actually see all the other tiny little Tetris games surrounding your big Tetris game in the middle. It's not distracting. It's a pretty easy to follow user interface, but it's very hard. And by design, I think to pay attention to yours, I'll also keep an eye on what, how other Tetris games are going. You can either target individually. Oh, it looks like this person's about to about to lose i can push them over because if you are the person that ko's that person then i think it's like if they lose and you were the last person to send them garbage you get a badge which that makes it so that you send more garbage to people if you ko someone who has badges you get all of their badges as well which makes you more powerful garbage but it also makes you a target because you can either with the left stick target individually or with the right stick you can have it target random people you can have it target people that are close to being KO'd. You can have it target people that are targeting you. And it always tells you when people are targeting you and who is targeting you as well. Um, or you can have it target yeah. people who have the most badges. So that's why it gets so crazy at the end when there are only like 10 people left. Because that's it speeds up. It speeds up at 50 and it speeds up at 10. Um, but like when there are just a few people, all of a sudden everyone's targeting you and you have to play defensively. So you almost have to like plan, well, I've got this Tetris in my back pocket, but I'm also going to try to clear out some combos before I get to that because you can stop people from sending you garbage by comboing as well because there's a little meter on the left that it, it counts down like the number of blocks until the garbage hits you, but you can clear that out before it gets to you by clearing lines. So you can play offensively, defensively. It, I'm making it sound complicated, but like when you actually sit there and play it, and there's no tutorial, unfortunately, so you kind of have to look this stuff up online. Uh, but if you, yeah, Yo, if you don't know how to play Tetris yet, yeah, like if you know how to play Tetris, you you get Come it. On. But like all these extra wrinkles my to grand, it. My great grandpa has a tiny little one of those video, tiny little I don't know couch games that you sit on your nightstand in your living room or your like your coffee table in your living room, so you can just pick up and play a little digital version of something. He has like three Tetrises. Uh-huh. Everyone knows how to play Tetris. You know what though, like. Listening I, to you describing this, and Eduardo, you, you can have, well, actually, both of you can have, like, some sympathy for this, I think, but especially because Eduardo and I were playing a lot of Apex Legends last night, uh-huh. and the thing about Battle Royales that, like, kind of brings me down sometimes is that you can go 
10, 20 minutes into a match and literally not encounter anybody. Like you can spend 10 or 20 minutes just gathering supplies and making your character more powerful. And then you run into another team that's better than you and they just kill you right there. So you spent like, you know, some arbitrary amount of time essentially doing nothing. And I think what I like about everything you just said about Tetris 99, which is probably going to get me to download it, honestly, is that no matter how other people are doing, you are actually playing the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you are actually playing the whole time in a battle Royale too, but like you spend a lot of time preparing to do the thing that you dropped into the map to do, which is kill other people in that case. Whereas in this Tetris one, you're constantly playing Tetris until you lose. And it's a a really clean interface too, where you can just jump in, play a game. And then as soon as, as soon as you're knocked out, you can just hold A to join a new game. Uh, oh. or, and uh, I saw data miners have found that there are going to be new modes added to it in the future, uh, like an endless mode and all this other stuff. Um, I wanted to share this tweet that I saw that I thought was hilarious um, from a comic book writer, um, Iron Spike, that said, Tetris 99 has taught me there is an entire roiling underbelly of God-tier Tetris degenerates out there that have been unknowingly training for this week their entire lives. Having a good time watching Twitch streamers get destroyed by accounts named Eileen and Love My Kids 72. (laughs) I was trying to find this tweet while you were talking and I couldn't find it. Like I wanted to say that, but yeah, yeah, it's like everyone is in there. It's cool. You going to download it, Eduardo? I'm going to absolutely download it. Yeah, it is. Like I said, it's free. If you have a Switch and if you like Tetris at all, Download it. It's free. Hop on, play a few games, see if it's for you. Um, what have you got to lose? Um, but if you like Tetris, there are worse things you can do. <laughs> there were another few big announcements coming from that Nintendo Direct. Um, we can sort of touch on a few of them here. We can touch about the sequel to Hollow Knight, a game that is beloved yes. by lots of folks that have been on the show. Just sort of this like indie darling that came out a few years ago and people have been sort of taken, taken, um, taken over by it. And they were going to make some DLC for it where you play, uh, was it Hornet, right? Hornet, Hornet? yeah. It was a, you play a as side Hornet, character um, the And then they decided the uh, that the DLC was too big, that it, it just merits its own game. So they turned it into its own standalone game as a sequel to Hollow Knight. And I know lots of folks are excited. I know lots of folks want Hollow Knight in Smash um, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that's, is that his name? Is uh, that no, Hollow Knight is, Hollow Knight is, is actually name? the final boss. Um, oh got it this character you could call the knight or the vessel is pretty much like but doesn't really have a name or anything but sure the knight works the knights i am Um, knight. i was calling him needle when i was playing it on stream because that's his weapon that works yeah so that's just what i was calling him but that's not his actual name speaking of needle Um, this is completely unrelated but i just want to tell everyone I finally started watching Game of Thrones. I'm like three or four episodes in. I'm finally what? finally joining the modern Bad world. time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the first season is free on Comcast right now or something. So we started watching it. I've got like the HBO app right. so I can watch the rest. But I'm going to try to some get caught really, up before the new season starts. So I can... Yeah, some, some really good episodes that are going to melt your face. Yeah. <laughs> Seen a lot of butts so yep. far. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, that doesn't really stop. No, I figured. No. That doesn't... That doesn't uh, you don't... You, you don't really move past that. No. <laughs> You're going to see some stuff, man. <laughs> I can't even. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, anything else that jumped out to you guys from Nintendo Direct aside from the final thing that they unveiled? 
Uh, okay, I'm trying to think Maybe of what else exactly they talked about. Direct. Yeah, I mean, there is a Fire uh, Emblem they game. They talked a lot about Fire Emblem, which, again, I'm intrigued by, but I, again, not having actually played a Fire Emblem game, I don't know. Angela actually seems kind of interested in it. Uh, she said it's like Fire Emblems meets Harry Potter because, I mean, it's about a school with three different houses. Only apparently in these lessons you die. Um, <laughs> My goodness. Um, they talked a lot about Dragon Quest, which I've never really played Dragon Quest. I think I played a little bit of one of the Game Boy Color games once. They, I know they yeah, talked they, about... Yeah, they're bringing um, some stuff to the Switch that like, wasn't previously there. Like Dead by Daylight, I think, is coming over. Yeah. yeah. Um, they they gave some lip service to the fact that Bayonetta 3 exists. Um, we want to talk about, they didn't talk about this in the Nintendo Direct, but uh, the Metroid Prime 4 announcement from like a week ago. Where, that they're restarting the whole thing, yeah. scrapping it. And, and giving and it to Retro, back. which is very important. Right. So right. I'm excited about that. Like I'm, I'm bummed that we're not getting Metroid Prime 4 anytime soon, but I am very glad that we are getting Metroid Prime 4 at all and that Retro is designing it again because I absolutely adore the Metroid Prime trilogy. So hey, man. I heard that we just want Other M remastered. Um, as long as they <laughs> I don't just want to... <laughs> As long as they don't say Metroid Prime 4 is coming eventually, here's a mobile game to tide you over until then. Oh yeah, then people you guys will really thoughts? freak out. Do you guys not have hey, you were on the you were on the I team am still, of I'm like still screw on that team. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I'm still on that team. I just wanted to point fun at the situation. I would straight up, I would play a Metroid react. mobile game. Like if it were like a virtual pet Metroid that you could raise from like a hatchling all the way up to a queen. Like, <laughs> like a dog you wouldn't play that. <laughs> like you're just raising this tiny little brain sucking beast <laughs> yeah. in your pocket. Oh my god. Yeah. That's messed up, dude. I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really have anything else. I was just super hype about Mario. Yeah. Super Mario Maker. I was, um, I was surprised there was Smash. no Animal Crossing news. Same. But I think maybe they're saving that for E3. Like that and, they did, uh, that and Luigi's Mansion they did, 3. They did touch on Smash just a little bit. Yeah. They talked about how there's going to be a, a very large update coming um, in April. And it will also be... Um, when joker comes out yeah um and we'll, i'll talk about a little bit when we talk about what we've been playing but i picked up persona 5 and oh nice i've got some thoughts on it um so last thing that happened in the nintendo direct was um they got the trailer for the Link's awakening remaster now i'm really glad you're here chris because yeah. neither myself nor peaches have played Link's awakening um and so as someone who has played it before, you've played it before, right? Yes. Now, I'm, I'm going to make okay, a confession good. here. Uh, a great shame. I've never actually confession. finished Link's Awakening. I've never played That's it okay. to completion, which is kind of a bummer. Have you played Oracle of Asians? <laughs> <laughs> joke for all the God, Peaches fans keep, out there. Don't explain the joke. Don't okay. explain it. I won't. No, no. I'm just going to say that the niche group of people that understand the jokes in our podcast keeps getting smaller and smaller <laughs> whose fault is that yeah I, I love the 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 dual uh the dual identities of eduardo which is where he comes to us and is like how do how can we get more people to listen to the podcast and then also we're gonna make some jokes uh that literally only the three of us on the show are gonna understand <laughs> you're welcome oh they uh <laughs> they put um that one game into maintenance mode yeah, and like the four of us are cracking up and no one else gets it <laughs> yeah right 
we're not allowed to put it into maintenance mode. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, moving on. But yes, Link's Awakening. Um, yeah, a game I've never actually finished, but it is. Uh, I've played enough of it to have an opinion on it. Uh, so anyway, leave, leave the discussion, friends. So uh, they, they they put out the trailer for it. It seems to be a complete remaster of the game. Um, new graphic. It's in it's in three D, but done tastefully enough to where it's it's still sort of the same same vision of the game and the same the same image, but done in three D, sort of updated for for a new audience. Um, and it seems really exciting. And you know the thing that I really like about it, and I've said this a couple times, is I think these sort of top down isometric games and side scrolling games play best on the Switch. I think. They, they 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 really need a handheld experience in my opinion to get the most out of them mm-hmm. like I played guacamelee 2 um, a couple weeks ago and I played it on my TV I think once and then took it off and then played it on my like in handheld mode the other 95% of the time because I enjoyed it better that way mm-hmm. and I think a game like link's awakening could also benefit from a more handheld experience I like that it looks like link between worlds that's that's the thing that like gets me a little bit hype about it is that when they remade in quotes link to the past as link between worlds it was like in my opinion one of the most beautiful remakes i have ever seen and i don't mean like visually i just mean like i mean part of it was visually they did a great job making it look good on the 3ds but it was so great how they took this game that a lot of people love and remember everything about because they're still playing it to this day. And then they changed it just slightly enough to where it was a completely new experience with the same nostalgia. And I I think mm-hmm. I've said this before on the podcast. I know I've said this to you guys. But when I finished that game, I the same night immediately started a new game on the harder difficulty and went right back into it because I had so much fun playing it. And that's kind of what this remake looks like to me. I, I never played Link's Awakening, but it had the same visual feel of like, this looks like they're going to do what they did with Link Between Worlds again. Specifically, when I saw the weather vane in the like last little clip, I was like, are they going to allow fast travel in this one too? Because that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks like they're going for the same feel of of the last remake. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of hoping that it's like that. Um, I am, and I'm going to disagree with a lot of the internet. I'm, and I'm shocked that the internet has... I, I, I'm serious when I say this. I know this is going to sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm actually shocked that the reaction of a lot of people is that they don't like the art style. I shouldn't be surprised because like, I have always adored the Wind Waker art style. I talked about that when we did my top five games back in the day. Uh, and I know that that was a very controversial <laughs> choice then Back in that the people now, you know, a few years later appreciate. But I think the art style that they're going with for this is absolutely gorgeous. I think it fits the game. Everyone's talking about, oh, but Link's Awakening is actually a really dark game. And it does have some dark aspects to it, but it is also a very quirky, strange, weird, charming game. It is... Um, Isn't Majora's Mask a really dark game? Yeah, exactly. It is. Majora's Mask is dark. I mean, and, and right. this one has some aspects to it, but it is also a game that has cameos from Wart, the final boss of Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, not as a boss, but as a character that you meet. Um, another Japanese-only character, uh, Prince Sable from the game, and I just looked it up so I can get this right, Kairo no Tami ni Kane wa Naru. Um, you might... you might know him as that little prince that shows up as an assist trophy who turns into a frog and a snake 
uh, and Smash Genji? Brothers. Um, but he is, uh, he, he's uh, an assist trophy in Smash Brothers, but he also has a cameo in Link's Awakening. Um, this is a game, a, a Zelda game that has Goombas and Chain Chomps and other Mario <laughs> characters in it as enemies. And you even saw in the trailer Link jumping on a Goomba. Uh, somebody keeps a Chain Chomp as a pet. Um, it was that is cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a great you know again weird game with a a very strange and interesting cast of characters, um, and I think the storybook kind of toy kind of um, aesthetic they're going for looks really good and works for the kind of game it is. And again, I am a, a firm believer and uh, going back to Wind Waker on this. Wind Waker as charming and quirky and fun. Uh, as it is, oh, and Danny points out the game itself is actually partially inspired by Twin Peaks, and that that is true. Um, where it is, <laughs> it is the you know this charming little town with like this really strange, dark secret and underbelly to it, and I think the charming art style is going to work really well for that because just like how Wind Waker, um, the backstory of Wind Waker is nothing but tragedy. It's Ganon returned, the hero didn't the king of Hyrule sacrificed the entire kingdom to seal him away and it faded into legend and it ends with cute cartoon Link plunging his sword into Ganondorf's head. Ganondorf turns to stone. Hyrule is flooded away forever. That is how Wind Waker ends in this charming cute and it's this really great, you know, contrast to this great juxtaposition. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoilers for a several-year-old game. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, and <laughs> I just saw the chat. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. And, uh, but I think that, you know, Wind Waker, uh, not Wind Waker, Link's Awakening has sort of a similar, you know, uh, the ending itself isn't similar, but thematically and tonally it has that sort of dark undercurrent to it that I think works very well with the charming art style, because I, I am a big fan of, you know, juxtaposing that. I mean, it's like, you know, Disney cartoons that have, you know, like these happy moments, but then there are like these really sad moments too. And, and it comes together and I think creates something kind of beautiful. And I think that that's going to work really well for Link's Awakening. Well, sure. I don't think a game has to be like gray tones and, um, visceral and be skull and like have a bunch of skulls to be dark, right? Like, yeah. I don't think those things. I I don't think those those things are like a, nece- a necessity to make a game dark. And I think it might actually point to its like because the game could start off in this really lighthearted tone, and as you play the game, the game gets darker and darker. And so that 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 sort of contrast there could, in my opinion, point to the game's favor, right? Yeah. Doki Doki Literature Club. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Um. And so, you know, the video game community seems to, to get riled up about a lot of different things. And a lot of the times we, we, we get through this and we go, man, the video game community, man, they're really wrong about this thing. Mm-hmm. They're really wrong about that thing. But I think there's one thing that we could probably all uh, agree on that, that wasn't a good thing um, as far as the video game community as a whole. And that's the, uh, the recent layoffs over at Activision Blizzard. Um, they had a recent earning call um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, not a couple weeks, it was last week, um, where they got on the phone. They um, the, the earning call started with them saying that they're making, um, it was the, the their best year yet. They're making record profits, um, but they also anticipate 
not having a good year this year because they don't have a lot of things that are going to be coming out to generate revenue. And so that's going to result in some some cuts. So they decided to cut 8% of non-development personnel. And that amounted to about 800 people losing their job. Um, and it's, it's a really bad thing. People are really upset about it. Um, they're talking about how um, they just gave a very large bonus to the CFO right. and the amount of like 12 million, um, that the salaries to the top brass, um, just a small section of that could have paid for all these other employees. And I think we can all agree that it sucks. It is not a good look for the video game industry. Um, but the point that I want to make is that I don't think this is exclusive to the video game industry. I don't think, I think people are, the video game industry is getting to a point where it's so big, it is starting to sort of mirror the under other, you know, profit forward industries mm-hmm. out there. And this is just a sad reality of, of becoming bigger and becoming more well-known. And if, if you have a problem with it, I don't think striking out at Activision Blizzard is a solution. I think, there is a much wider picture here and we're just a video game show. So we don't have to get into too much of the, like, you know, go out and vote and all that nonsense. But as far as video games are concerned and the way we're dealing with the company is concerned, it is not an Activision blizzard problem. It is a, this is how companies specifically in this country are built problem. So this is a capitalism problem. Yeah, I'm going to try very hard not to get on a soapbox here, but I'm having opinions right now. (laughs) It is it is tough because people are people are really mad about yeah. it. And to be fair, they should be mad because it's a crappy situation, mm-hmm. but a crappy situation that we have perpetuated ourselves and it is not it is not an it's not exclusive, right? Yeah. It is not exclusive to this one company to the video game industry. It is a widespread thing that happens everywhere. You're just now getting visual like you're just now getting um visual. It's now hitting you it. close to home. Correct. Yeah. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's more personal for you currently because you play video yeah. games. Correct. This reminds me a lot, uh, just looking over the story a little bit before we started recording. Uh, I mean, like you said, they had record profits this year. They had a great year. By all means, you would think that would mean that they don't have to cut 800 people. Uh, but the same thing is happening uh, in like traditional media companies. And, I, and by media, I mean like news organizations. Because a couple weeks ago, like two or three major online publications like buzzfeed and maybe it was vice i forget but like quite several uh you know online news organizations laid off a ton of people like buzzfeed uh eliminated uh like two or three of their reporting desks uh their different bureaus and it's not that they weren't making money because again they were making money it's that even though they had like they were again making a healthy amount of money they didn't make as much money as they had projected to. So investors and whoever saw that as a disappointment, even though, again, they are making record profits, just like Activision Blizzard is making record profits, but they're not making the record profits that the board members wanted. Um, uh, Payless, I just saw this morning, Payless is going to close down all of their stores, the shoe store. They're they're, they're closing down all 2,300 stores. Uh, yeah, like, that. that was just announced this morning and uh, or this morning or yesterday. Uh, just like Toys R Us went out of business, and and the uh, the issues there, again, yeah, they're facing competition from online outlets, other alternative stores, and whatever. But they're also st- uh, uh, companies that when they hit a little bit of financial trouble, you know, these investor firms, venture capitalists came in, bought the company, started making changes. 
and and like if you look at the changes they were making like it was almost like they were trying to go to business so they could just dump all this off and and it's like becoming a pattern and i don't know I, again i don't want to get too much into it i'm not i don't know too much about business or the economy or anything i mean i took my economics classes in college to get my degree and all that that i had to <laughs> um but Same. i mean something somewhere is broken when a company can make that much money and give their ceo you know multi-million dollar bonuses and then turn around the next day and say by the way we have to eliminate 800 jobs like mm-hmm. i don't know it's yeah uh it's definitely sad and 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 like Eduardo said, it's just too much of a reality for lots of yeah. companies in, in countries that operate mm-hmm. this way. So sure. if you don't like it, good. You got to do yeah. something about it on a broader like, scale. I don't know what the sure, solution absolutely. is, but <laughs> I'm open to suggestions. Well, well and I think I, I wanted to point. So if you are out there and you're listening to this and you are upset at Activision Blizzard and you're very mad at them and you want to boycott them, I think you have every right mm-hmm. to be upset. I think you are completely justified in being upset. This is not one of those things where we're disagreeing because I agree with you. I agree. You need to be upset because this is not it's not OK. Right. Yeah. But where you channel that aggression, I think, is important. You could, if you wanted to boycott Activision Blizzard, you know, make sure they go down for this and that could be it, but that's not going to stop the other several hundred companies that are going to be doing this, right? That you don't necessarily think about, but are most likely companies that you're currently purchasing from or currently sharing your business to. So rather than having you be involved in every single little business that, you, that you're that you involved with and, and, and in their financial dealings, um, maybe focusing it more so that it doesn't happen on a wider scale. So we'll leave it at that because I think that's we're we're treading we're getting treading really close into political yeah. territory and I don't want us to get into uh, a squad up not too much of a debate. House, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, since you guys alluded to it at the beginning, we could finally talk about what we've been yeah. playing. Um, Whoa! I know we're switching it up. Yeah. We're bringing it at the end this time. Um, Nintendo. I want to talk about. I want to talk about what we've been playing. I want to talk um, to each of you individually because I've been playing video games, the diff- a different video game with each of you. Um, and so I want to talk about each of those games. Um, we'll start with you, Peaches, because we're playing the game that is in, on everyone's mind. It is taking the internet and the world by storm. It is Apex Legends. And I, t- just to sort of put some some clarity on this, earlier this morning, Apex Legends had 210,000 viewers on Twitch. Fortnite had 90,000. Fortnite was fourth. Oh, my gosh. After holding the top spot for... It seems like forever right now. Like I can't, I can't remember the last time Fortnite wasn't the number one game on Twitch, and it is not currently the number one game anymore. It wasn't even the second or third most game. It Where was, was Tetris ninety nine? The in first that. game. <laughs> it was like eighth, oh wow, okay. Believe it or not, I know, I know. Um, so it was Counter Strike, which I think is there was a tournament going on. Then Apex Legends, then League of Legends, and then finally Fortnite. Yeah. That's uh that's a little crazy, man. I I almost don't know if it's uh if it's just like a flavor of the week situation that it's so popular or I mean, like I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Uh, let me just throw in my other stuff real quick so we can talk about Apex Legends if we're going to yeah. do the what we've been doing. Um obviously I've been playing a lot of Kaizo. Um we're four levels into or we've beaten four levels of Grand Pooh World 2. Shameless plug for myself, which I'll probably say again later. 
Um, I'm doing sub giveaways on my channel every time I beat an exit of Grand Prix World 2. And it's been really fun. And we've had uh, a lot of Mario's killed. So that's it's been, been a blast watching you play uh, that I'm gonna one, say by fun. the way. You were, you were like, I don't think I've ever seen you enjoy a Kaizo <laughs> hack as much as you seem to be enjoying this one. Like you're dying a hundred times, but you're I going, gotta I say, love this level. Like, I got to say, dude, it's so, it's built so well. And I know it's hard. Like you guys know it's hard. You've seen it played. It's very difficult, but <laughs> he's Garbo. Thanks, Spark. Um, <laughs> But like, it's just crafted so well. It's crafted with so much love from a level design point, from a music choice perspective. The levels all have banging soundtracks. Like, it's just such a blast to play, even if I'm dying a lot. Like, I feel like I'm getting better at Kaizo as a result every time I play a harder hack. And also, it's just such a good time. I like. I would love for you guys to be able to get into this to the point where you could play the game too, but it's like I'm not gonna lie to you guys and say anybody can just jump right into the Grand Pooh World games. Like they're not easy. Um, other than that, though, I finally platinumed this piece of shit, <laughs> and I'm calling it for the folks that are listening to this. I'm pointing to my copy of the Spyro Remastered trilogy. Okay, now I called it a piece of shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Activision. I mean, maybe a good segue from what we were talking about before. Um, the first two games in this trilogy were fun, and I had a good time, and I was really enjoying it. The third game can literally play in traffic. I hate it so much. Like, they... <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm besmirching this game that is loved by a lot of people, but they... I feel like they just left stuff in the third game that was like glitch inducing and detracts from the gameplay. And I, another good segue can play these Mario, these insane Mario hacks. And for the most part, keep my composure, but I was playing Spyro three and was mad 98% of the time. Like I was yelling by myself in my room, no viewers, no anything, just sitting here screaming into my computer monitor because I was not having a good time with the third one. Anyways, Two-thirds of that game was fun. And I also just got this. Oh, very As nice. some of you know, I have never played Ocarina oh, of Time. Man. Robbie, if you're out there watching this, know that this is coming in the Angela's future. Angela's going to be I thrilled when I tell it. her. She's going to be so excited. Yeah. So Ocarina of Time is probably happening soon. That's what I've nice. been up to. And then, of course, Apex Legends. So let's get back into yeah, Apex yeah. Legends. Wait, before I'm we do, have yeah. you ever thought about... And this is just me thinking of something on the fly. Having a counter on your channel that counts up for every plumber that you kill. And so a death have, not just a death counter, but just a plumbers that have been killed, or even like a graphic that has like a bucket that just a little Mario sprite drops into <laughs> every time one of them dies. Do you mean for every hack individually or for all of them combined how many just plumbers i've killed anytime you've killed a plumber anytime you killed a plumber it goes in the, the plumber's death bucket oh mm -hmm. that would be funny we'd have a we'd have to time travel to figure out how many <laughs> there's so many um no i i haven't done that i haven't put death counters on the screen when i'm playing mario because i don't for me personally i don't need a death counter and a timer Sure, I think death sense. counters and timers kind of do the same thing. <laughs> Plumber death bucket. <laughs> um, 
I think death counters and timers kind of do the same thing. And I'm not bashing anybody that uses neither, both, one or the other. Um, I just think that if I'm going to have one, I'd rather have a timer so people sure. know. like, And I know how much time I've spent on the level because the amount you die doesn't necessarily translate well from level to level. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're in a level that has a lot of tricks, but they're separated by a lot of waiting, the amount of times you died might not be as comparable as a level that it's really fast paced and you can die really quickly and you start over pretty much immediately. So like, mm-hmm. Hey Teddy. See you <laughs> so, uh, I know. So I don't know. I don't think that the death counter specifically does, uh, as good of a job showing your viewers and yourself the amount of time you've spent in the episode as literal time. Um, but also it's, I die a lot in Mario. So I'd have a lot of, clicking to do while i was playing if i had a death counter anyway though apex legends let's jump back into it let's jump master back into it um i honestly don't i don't think it'll be a flavor of the week situation like i'm having a lot of fun playing it i'm not great at it um i haven't played a lot of the like i've compared it to a call of duty style shooter it has the same look and feel to it um from a gameplay perspective with obviously the the special things that it brings to the table I don't think it's going anywhere, um, especially if the big Fortnite streamers are playing it still. Like if Ninja's still out there playing it, you know, I'm you know at, he is playing it right well, now. He's playing it right now. So I think it's not going anywhere. I think they've made something really great. I don't think the game is perfect, um, but that's that's up to the to that developer to you know, pay attention to their community and hopefully they respond favorably to changes that the community asks for, but they right. also keep it smart. You know, they don't just give in to every whim, but they also provide some sort of satisfaction for their for their customers. Because I know that we played a lot of Realm Royale and Realm Royale was tracking very positive in the beginning. Like Ninja was playing that too. And a lot of people were playing that for a while. Broman was playing it. Um but it just kind of fell off. Like people wanted something specific from it. The, de- the devs just kept changing things to try to find out like how their battle Royale could be different from the other ones in a way that made it more fun. And I think sometimes they struck gold and then they just left the gold sitting there and walked away from it. And, you know, it's for us, I think I can speak for Eduardo and, and yeah. Chris played a few games with us too. When I say this, I think that they might have missed some opportunities with Realm Royale. Um, I'm hoping that Apex doesn't make the same mistake. Well, but... interestingly, a lot of a lot of similar themes and systems kind of transfer over from the two, right? Like you've got this sort of class based um, battle royale, and they sort of sort of mirror each other. I think what's important for because so like Apex Legends struck hot, right? So they struck while it was hot. It is it is right at the, the sort of the precipice of, of this like this this the peak of this battle royale movement and it's taken a lot of people taken a lot of people's attention away from Fortnite um, and interestingly enough I think they need to take a, a page out of Fortnite's book to continue I think one of the things that has kept Fortnite around for as long as it has been around is that they are very open with their community they are constantly putting out updates and they're constantly talking to their community and I think. Mm-hmm. 
you, you, you need to see that from your game at this point because it has become an industry standard. It has become yep. an industry standard to be transparent with your community about your development and about what you're putting into the game that people are going to be spending their time with. Because right now, because you're not putting a price tag on a game like this, you're not saying you're paying $60 and this is the product that you get. You're saying, I am investing time into this game. So what am I getting in return for my investment. It's just, it's a weird segue from what we talked about with the board of directors and Activision, but you could think of the player base as the board of directors and they want to know what they're getting for their investment of time. And it's true because without that time investment, they don't have a game to develop. Right, exactly. So. And um, Maven's Madness in the chat has a really good point that they're coming out with cross-platform play. And so they're going to be right up there with Fortnite in this sort of, this sort of way where it'll be accessible everywhere. I think eventually we'll see a switch port and eventually, you know, maybe we'll even see a mobile port because mobile is at a point where you can basically yeah. do anything on there now. Um, it's kind of weird if you think about like, I mean, not weird, but it, they kind of have an advantage, don't they? Like they've seen a, a large number of shooter based battle royales come out. Uh, and even ones that aren't shooter based, like uh, maybe they even saw that one that we played for a hot second. What was it called? Mm -hmm. Battle right Royale. The right, one that's right. a, yeah, yeah, like they, I don't know how long they've been developing Apex, um, but you know, it's when you come in at a time like this, you've kind of gotten to see all of the, um, the good and the bad that came with those developers. What did they do right? What did they do wrong? And you can adapt to those things and try to make sure you don't go any of down any of the paths that led to wrong. Um, and I think that's the advantage that they have, and I hope that they use it. I just please don't put building mm -hmm. in the game. <laughs> That was so one of the things that I was going to say is that if you ask, I think they capture a really interesting market because if you ask anybody what their least, if they don't like Fortnite, what they don't like about it, they will tell you they don't like building. It is, it's, they, they almost like go together. Like you say, you don't like Fortnite. Why don't you like Fortnite? Well, I don't like building. And right now, the yeah. only other games that you can really play that you could play PUBG, which is a glitchy mess. You could pay $60 and play the, the Call of Duty one, which in a lot of ways, it's very similar to Apex, but that it needs to be free to play if you want to compete with something like Fortnite. It needs to be. There's like, there's no choice there. It has to be free to play to be able to compete on this sort of level right now, especially if you're talking about younger generations, because I think about myself when I was that age, I was so cheap, I didn't even pay for World of Warcraft. I played on a private server until that server shut down because they weren't technically allowed to do that. And then I Lawyers. put it on a new private server. Lawyers, we got him. Come on in. We got him. You can um, you can come out of the out of the yeah. next room now. We've we've got him on camera. We're recording. Right. <laughs> and so, interestingly enough, I think um, I think that's that's to the game's benefit. I think that's how we're getting so much of Fortnite's lunch being eaten. Is that there's a lot of people out there that like that like the idea of Fortnite but don't like the idea of building or don't like some of the things about the gameplay. And then you take something like, like call of duty, which is, I think almost any video gamer at this point can say they've played a call of duty game, right? Like to some extent you've played at least some minutes of call of duty because <laughs> that game was stop laughing at duty. What are you? <laughs> I was laughing at, you saying some minutes of it, not duty. <laughs> I thought you were laughing at the word duty. It's like, what are you, I was what laughing are you at duty. Kyle, <laughs> I laugh at the word poop and farts, but not duty. 
I don't know. I just laughed at the word duty, so I can't. Okay, I, um, I do laugh at And so, interestingly enough, I think I think that's what what's really doing it for them is this lack of building and this this sort of familiarity that you can pick up a game and it can feel so much like another game that you can sort of translate a lot of your skills. Now, we were talking about this because you and I have not played a Call of Duty game in a number of years, and it shows, right? Like, those skills that I think yeah. I had when I played Call of Duty are not there anymore. I do not yeah. have those Twitch-like <laughs> skills that I had when I used to play Call of Duty a lot, and it is very, very apparent. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i not agreeing with you because I think your skills aren't apparent. I'm agreeing with you because I feel like mine aren't there either because I just haven't played a game, like a shooting game, with that perspective and feel in a really long time. So. Yeah. Even though like we're dying a lot and it's hard to get used to those controls for me personally right now, I'm still having a lot of fun, all things considered. I love the different like I love that the the characters are their own class, but they're not so different that like you have a super distinct advantage mm -hmm. using one over the other. Some of them do seem to one up each other in ways, um, but that's just gonna happen. That's just the way it is. But it's it's not so bad that it's like Oh, you have to run these three. You have to run these three or you die. I mean, at least it doesn't feel that way yet. Um, I will say one of the characters, I found a fun thing the other day. This is just like FYI for people, just so you know that this happens. Um, I play Bloodhound mostly. Bloodhound's ultimate ability. He can like, like his whole screen turns gray. He can run really fast. And then any enemy that he sees on the map turns like red. So you can see people from far away in like this deep red when they're near you you can see them in a deep red too so if they run into a room you can kind of track where they were going there's also a character in the game called mirage and he creates like um like copies of himself that are fake that run around i found out the hard way yesterday that if you use bloodhound's ultimate while mirage is like throwing his clones everywhere you don't just see one or two mirages you see everywhere that fucker has been so there's like 10 of him on the map when you're doing that and it's mm. hectic it's so crazy but other than that like i'm sure that some of the the classes classes counter each other slightly but it's not enough to where it's detrimental to the game sure i also think that the party size is like the, the sweet spot i think a three-person party is really clever and i think it's just like the right amount i think not enough can be said about their ping system and how that's great you can play that really useful and not share share any words with the people that you're playing with and still have a good experience you see problems like that in games like overwatch where you need to have this sort of voice communication and i'm sorry but sometimes i want to get in a game and i don't want to have a 12 year old tell me really bad things about my mother yeah. because <laughs> I didn't do this one thing mm -hmm. that they asked me to, but I can right. ping it to him and we can get the same communication yeah. out there. And their ping system is so robust that it, it's just so useful in so many different yeah, things. Cause, cause I've only played a little bit. I've, um, I played some with my brother um, like shortly at like day or two after it came out and you know, we played for a while and uh, obviously he and I were talking, but we were always paired up with, just a random third person and we did end up actually winning one of the one of the rounds uh and the fact that we could actually hey. win a round not speaking to this third person but this third person was good you know and we all we were pretty much able to coordinate our movements and everything uh the pinging is really robust and you can be like hey there's health over here or there are shields or helmets or whatever it is that you can collect 
uh, and the fact that you can win not talking to one of your people, or in his case, not talking to either of us, and we are still able to win the whole thing. So I think they do it really well. It's crazy to me that that exists. And they took the time to put in individual variable voice lines yeah. for every single item and character. Yeah, no, like, it's a real you can great attention ping, to detail. You, yeah, like you can ping a loot chest or whatever the hell they're calling it in, in Apex as Bloodhound. And you can ping a, another one and he'll say something. It will say something slightly different the next time. Yeah. Like it's crazy that that level of detail is in there. And I know it doesn't sound like much, but it's, it's yeah. just, it, it's, it's one of those God of war things that we talked about on our God of war episode where it feels so natural that you forget you're playing a game. Sometimes like the yeah. way that they've programmed the ping system and the voice lines that happen because of the yeah. ping just feels so natural it's like you're the one doing the talking and uh i, I want to kind of piggyback off of that you know that there are all these different recordings the fact that they have all these characters that they have background stories that we don't really know about yet um but that's i don't think you know bring it back to comparing it to Fortnite. i don't think it's going to have the you know sort of the cultural moment that Fortnite did where literally everyone gamer or not is familiar with Fortnite. I don't think it's going to reach that level, but I think it is going to have a very healthy following. Uh, and I think one thing that's going to set it apart that Fortnite can't do is that there is not really Fortnite lore, so to speak. And right. so, I mean, they could conceivably do like spinoff comics or whatever if they wanted to, but it has kind of that Overwatch thing going on where they've got all these characters with backstories. It's set in the Titanfall universe, which I've not actually played any Titanfall games, although I'm kind of interested to now. Uh, but the fact that they can tie in with that, I could see them releasing comics and stuff about some of these characters. Like, I'd love to know more. Uh, Bloodhound has been my favorite character to play as so far. And I would love to read, you know, a comic about them to find out their backstory or, um, you know, some of those other characters. Um, you know, I, I just think that that's going to be another avenue that they can kind of explore uh, that will allow it to sort of fill in its own sort of uh space in the battle royale market that hey it works for overwatch yeah exactly you know, you know i'm really and this is gonna sound this is gonna be sound like kind of an asshole but i'm really excited for the dethroning of fortnite not because i hate fortnite or anything but because i am excited for the player base that has been playing fortnite exclusively for however many years to disperse back into the game community and disperse into all these other games that I think need a little bit of a jump right now. Mm -hmm. And it makes me excited to go out and play other things. Like eventually I'm going to stop playing Apex because I know myself and I jump from game to game um, pretty willy nilly. Yeah. Like I haven't touched Fortnite in months. I enjoy it, but I haven't played it in a long time. And I, I, I am very, very um, thick. I'm a very fickle gamer and I jump, jump around a lot. And I want there to be communities in these places that I'm jumping to. And I think in a lot of ways, um, Fortnite has been sort of kind of taking that and sort of taking all of these, the the casual audience and bringing it all into one. Um, And I think I'm excited to see all of these other people back into, um, I am very thick. I am. Um, And I'm excited to see all of these people. um, (laughs) Back into the other, on all these other platforms, I guess I should say. Um, <laughs> now, 
Chris, what have you been playing besides the game that we've been playing together? Okay, yeah, so like I, I mentioned, I played a little bit of Apex Legends. I've enjoyed that. Um, been watching Angela play some Bioshock. I finished up the Burial at Sea stuff. Um, uh, really enjoyed that stuff. Peaches, you said you never finished totally episode two, right? Of Burial at no, Sea? I finished one and I started playing two. Oh, you got to go back and, and play through those because yeah. it is, first of all, uh, Burial at Sea episode two. Uh, you play as Elizabeth, and it's much more stealth based, which is interesting. Uh, but if you play as Elizabeth, who throw thing? Who throws things to you? Uh, you know, you got to find stuff yourself. Yeah, you go Elizabeth catch, and then you throw it from one hand to another. <laughs> yeah, she just juggles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Elizabeth catch. Well, what's great is that she's actually talking to a figment of her imagination, Booker, over the radio. Uh, but I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil too much for you, Peaches, because you haven't played it. But the way it ends up tying in with both Bioshock Infinite's story and the original Bioshock's story is trippy, trippy as hell. Uh, it's very, I mean, it's very exciting that when you start off, Elizabeth wakes up and this guy comes down and uh, it's Atlas. So you actually meet Atlas and Atlas is a major player in this um me boyo uh, player. Yeah. uh but yeah so so really enjoyed that um been playing a lot of tetris 99 uh i've been playing a lot of smash brothers um played for a few hours last night with a bunch of people uh, we've all complained about smash ultimates online a little bit but i will say that setting up an arena and having friends just sort of pop in for a while to play was a lot of fun last night because robbie was in patrick was in my brother was in uh, Lisa was in, um, and then they all left. And I was playing with my brother a little bit more, and then my friend Brady showed up to kind of out of nowhere, like popped in the Discord. He goes, "Hey, Larson's," and so we played for uh, a few rounds with him. And then I was like, "Okay, I really need to sleep now." Um, but yeah, so so I mean, that's fun that you can just sort of set that up and have people just kind of jump in in in, in, a, in the party and play. Um, I finished up finally all of the challenges in Smash Brothers yesterday as well. Um, so I've cleared the challenge hey. board. So that was fun. Um, oh god, what? There was a specific game I wanted to bring up that I've been playing. That's not the one that we have been playing, Eduardo. And oh, Shadow of the Colossus. I that is a game oh, I wow. I have wanted to play that game for years and years and years. I never had a PlayStation to play it on. So now I finally have a PlayStation Four, and Danny got me um, for my birthday uh, a couple months back. Got me Shadow of the Colossus. So I've started that up. And I'm, maybe like a quarter of the way through now and i'm really digging it it's a beautiful game um it's like nothing but boss fights giant boss fights mm-hmm. and i'm really enjoying that but it, it kind of feels like it has like kind of a melancholiness to it that i you know i'm kind of enjoying right. as well um weird like that i love goofy comedies and then just really sad things <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, so that that's kind of what I've been been playing a lot of lately. I just downloaded and I haven't had a chance to play them yet. The uh, demos for Katamari on Switch and Yoshi's Crafted World. So I'm looking Ooh. forward to trying those. You haven't said the specific thing he wants you to say yet, Chris. Oh, no, no, no. no I'm saving that. I said beside the game that yeah. we played. Besides that. Oh, yeah. okay. Besides uh, that, because I wanted to touch on the games that we've been playing individually, right. and then we can go into yeah. the last part. Dogs. 
dogs started manifesting around me and I just yeah. had to stop paying attention. <laughs> Momentarily, I apologize. They That's were okay. everywhere. All right. Um, and finally. I wanna t- oh, sorry. Well, I want to touch on the game that I've been playing individually first and then we can talk about what Oh, yeah, yeah. Together. I got to let you talk. Um, I've got two games that I want to talk about um, and I'll touch on them both briefly. The first one is a game that I've been waiting for for, what, 13 years, 14 years? How long has it been? Um, one millennia. I, uh, it's been too long, honestly. And thus and ends Kingdom one of Peach's most famous running jokes. <laughs> oh, it's real. Um, it's real. It's real. It's actually real. I've played the game. I played it 100% of the way through. And I left feeling sort of lukewarm <laughs> on the game. Um, it's really interesting. It's so but, sad. You know, it, I mean, we, we Peach just talked about this not that long ago. I think it was on a stream. But that it had just been so long and there had just been so much hype that it just... Just didn't come together. I think a part that really, really does a, d- a disservice is you need to play every single game to understand what happens in this game. And I'm talking every single, uh, every single uh, um, of the handheld games. I'm talking about the mobile game. I'm talking about every all of the mobile games. You need to understand all of their stories to have an idea of what is going on because it is constantly being referenced and it is constantly in there. And I don't know, it just, you know, I think about Kingdom Hearts 2 for me. Kingdom Hearts 2 for me is sort of the peak Kingdom Hearts experience. I think about sitting down to, to begin to play that game. I think about the opening scene where they have that passion song and you're playing through the beginning sequence. I think about that first hour and a half that you play as Roxas. And I think about, one, how angry I was when I first played it because I just wanted to play Sora. Um, and I do think that you know, I as disappointed as I was, there were there is a lot of redeeming qualities um, about Kingdom Hearts, and I don't want anybody to if you've been waiting for it to not play. You should play it. You should experience it. But I think Kingdom Hearts Two is still uh, it's still going to be peak for me. I also want to touch very quickly on Persona Five. I've played about two hours of Persona Five so far. I want to say maybe like two to three hours, and that game is literally just an anime. It is anime, the video game. And if you like anime at all, you're going to love that game. And if you don't like anime at all, you're probably still going to like it because it has a lot of style and a lot of charm. Um, I think Peaches specifically, I think you, you would really like it. I think it's got, it is almost like a weird new age Final Fantasy. Hmm. Uh, almost. It's, it's really hard to explain, but I think you would really enjoy it. Do um, I have to play one through four first? No, it's its own standalone story. Oh, like the Final Fantasy games. Okay. Correct. Um, so I think you would really enjoy it. Um, but let's get into the last topic, which is a game that myself and, and Chris here have been playing. Um, we have a other friend of the show, other squad member, uh, Cody, um, got us both codes to play in a free trial access period of Sea of Thieves. And I like this game, but I can't explain to you why I like this game. Yes, <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, it is really hard to explain because if you ask me what the point of Sea of Thieves is, I still couldn't tell you. Um, but I still have fun playing it. It's really, it's really hard to explain. Um, and it's one of those things where you just kind of have to experience it, but there's no real reason for any of the things that you are doing. You pick a ship you plop down on an island, you collect some missions, and then you go and you do those like missions and those excursions. And I think the part that gets me is everything is really involved, right? Like you're, it's not just like a, a set sail and go kind of mm-hmm. thing. You need to 
raise and lower the masts. You need to raise the anchor. You need to adjust your sails for the, um, the, the, the wind that you're heading into. You need to load each individual cannon with a cannonball every time you shoot it. You need to, if your ship takes damage, you need to repair the ship and then take a bucket and bucket out the water out of the ship outside. And all of that sounds like menial work and it sort of is, but it works in this weird way where you're like having fun. Like I've never had thought I'd have fun bucketing water out of a ship, but I did. And I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Okay. Like it was a game that I'd always been intrigued by. Um, I'm a big fan of rare, the developers. I mean, you've heard me wax poetic about Banjo-Kazooie before. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I just kind of want to see what they do, but I, I don't have an Xbox. Uh, didn't really have a PC until, uh, uh, to play on until recently. Uh, so when this free trial came out, I was all right, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, like it is only a game that you could really play with friends and have fun. Like I would not have fun playing mm-hmm. this on my own and people nope. do that. Uh, but there is oh, something no, kind yeah. of fun about like getting in the chat and coordinating and saying, oh, okay, you get that sail. I'll get this sail. I'll, I'll take the helm. Uh, let's, let's plot out our, uh, our course. We're going to go on the Island now and try to dig up treasure. Uh, there are some, be some people who would not enjoy this game at all. And I totally get that. But then I think there are some people who will get it. And like, I, because it's got this big, um, there is like this whole PVP thing to it because like you play in these servers and you could conceivably run into some other people playing like on the same islands. Uh, that only happened to us once, but it is one of the funniest things that I have ever experienced in a video game. It was this, we, we had just finished up, uh, like, going to several islands and digging up treasures and getting all these things we had to deliver. And we get to the island and then we see the ship in the distance and it's coming towards this island. We're like, this person's going to come and kill us and steal our stuff and take our, our treasure and our money. Um, but no, it was just one person. And the first thing he does is he gets in front of us and then he starts offering us cause like cannonballs like that we could take. And this pirate whose name <laughs> was um, bed rumbler 69. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> I kid you not. Starts uh, getting out his instruments and his accordions, and we start playing songs and dancing and jumping up and down. We started drinking grog together. He came, he blew up his ship and then came on our ship, and we just started jumping around and dancing around, and it was so much fun. There was one part when it was just the three of us playing, and we went to this island, and before we got on the ship, uh, one of us got out a drum, one of us got out a hurdy-gurdy, one of us got out an accordion, and we just stood there for a good minute and a half playing Ride of the Valkyries and dancing. <laughs> and it was stupid and ridiculous, but so much fun. Yo, shout out to Bed Rumbler 69 Wherever you are, man. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the laugh. <laughs> you know, well, though, before you just said that really heartwarming, fun story, the way you were describing how much work you have to do in this game kind of sounded like this to me. It sounded like this. Hey, Eduardo, you cover front unload. Chris, you cover back unload. <laughs> I'll do wheelchair assist while this rotation's going yep. through. And uh, hopefully we'll be okay, but it, we're riding the wave of CDS yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, we're going to was... ride in the wave of niche jokes no one's going to yeah. get. <laughs> hey, Robbie and I just and don't Cody understand, Peaches, how you could tie in. We're talking about pirates, and you're bringing it back to work? That makes no sense for us. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I picked the wrong position. Sorry, yeah. I meant Eduardo. You go to Portload Grouper. And... I mean, we you did know, send. I, I went to Starboard, and he went to Port, and that was the only way we were able yep. to get going anywhere. Yep. 
There you I climbed go. up into the well, tower at one point. Because the work is the game. It's weird, and it's hard for me to explain it without you uh, without you experiencing it. Stuff, but the work is the game, and I kind of want you to play it with us. Right now, they're doing a trial where you can pay $2, and you can play the game for a month. Um, and I get a copy. <laughs> you could get a copy, or you could play this fun game with your friends. Um, and because I will Venmo you I want $2. You to ex- <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I want you to experience the game, because I want you to understand what we're talking about. Like, There is no mini-map. Um, if you get a map, it is literally just a map of the island with an X on it, and you have a compass, and you use your compass to figure out where things are. Like you, there is you no. You want me to play that? That sounds awful. And that's the thing: is it sounds awful, but by the end of it, because you're like, it, it's almost like an escape room that you're constantly playing with your friends because you're 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 like coordinating with people trying to figure this out, trying to get to these areas. And I know that I'm using Don't the word. Don't you dare that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't you dare be in an escape room. <laughs> because you're like cooperating with your friends to sort of figure out this puzzle of where these treasures are, or where you need to go, or where how you need to manage your ship at the time. It sounds so strange and it sounds like a bunch of work. And honestly, it kind of is, but it's it's a fun it's time fun. nonetheless. It is actually fun. Right. And and do I think it'll be fun forever? Probably not. I think it'll end up losing its luster eventually. But I think it's a fun time for you to have with your friends, um, and only specifically with your friends. Like, like I would like not want to play this with random people. I wouldn't want to play with random people. Not even Bed Rumbler sixty nine. No, I, it is only. I want to meet them. It is only a game that I think you could really have fun with other people that you're that you're playing with. It's your friends, but if you are online with your friends, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, for now, I'll take your word for it. Oh, we're gonna get you to play. Yeah. We're gonna. We will pay the two dollars. Well, me and me and Chris will split it. Yeah. We'll each throw a dollar in there. Listen, <laughs> Barbarian wants me to play Grand Pooh World Two right now. Okay. Well, we're, we're in a we're in a relationship right now. Me and Grand Pooh World Two. <laughs> wow. Uh, does that mean we broke up? Because if it's so, no. it's not. I hadn't heard that. No, we're not broken up. <laughs> Rough Valentine's Day for you guys, huh? I know. I what the hell? Either. We're just, it's, it's one of those things. It, everyone just kind of goes with it, you know? <laughs> um, I, think, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Squad Up. I think we got some really good conversations going. I think we're going to eventually get Peaches to play Sea of Thieves. Oh, yeah. um, but before we go, let's let the folks know where we can find us on the interwebs. Chris, where can the folks find you? Twitter.com slash GatorSax2010, as always. Um I've not found any other internet places yet. Um, <laughs> I'm considering using Instagram more. So, you know, maybe follow same name there than Instagram. And maybe, just maybe, you'll see a picture sometime. We'll see. <laughs> uh, peaches, show them how it's done. Show them how it's done. Yo, you can find me at twitch.tv slash peaches, P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. If you don't know how to spell my name by now, that's fine. I went edgy with it uh, <laughs> right now we're still playing grandpa world 2 again i just want to say um if you are interested in having a chance to win a subscription to my channel every time i'm playing grandpa world 2 on stream until it is beaten for every exit we clear we are giving away a random sub to whoever is in the channel at that time so if you want to have a chance to be able to disagree with things visually on the internet, I'll throw what that emote is in Eduardo's 
I think we're all doing mm-hmm. it. In <laughs> uh, Eduardo's chat on stream right now, obviously you can't see this if, if you're listening, but um, just join me at twitch.tv slash peaches when I'm playing Grand Prix World 2. Uh, we'll actually be there later tonight around 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So maybe I'll see some of you guys there. That's all I got. Uh, you can find me over at twitch.tv slash Eduardo. If you're in the chat right now, you can see my lovely new streaming room that I set up. We had a, a little guest room that no one was using. So I was like, why don't I just turn this into a stream room? And so here I am. I'm going to come visit uh, you and take up that room. <laughs> um, you can find me over to I'm going to be streaming a little bit more now a little bit more regularly uh, we've got another show in two weeks interestingly enough we haven't actually talked about this but in two weeks I'm going to be in Florida so it might actually end up being the first ever live episode of Squad Up where me and Peaches are actually in the same place you could see Insert me right I could be that I could be part of that green screen right there oh, or there this- I'll be in that area. That's going to be a special um, moment. I'm excited. And so, <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, look out for that because that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and so, thank you once again for everybody that's been listening and that's been supporting us all this long, this long uh, 30 episode time because I got the episodes wrong last week and this is actually episode 30. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's going to do it for myself, for Chris, for Peaches, the block. Have fun. And come on, man. Just try to see if you want. Just do it. Like, one, one time. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye.